Today's scripture reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 11. To each person the manifestation of the Spirit is given for, for the benefit of all. For one person is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, and another the message of uh, the message of knowledge according to the spirit according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the, by the one spirit to another performance of miracles to another prophecy and to another discernment of spirits to another different kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. It is, it is one and the same spirit distributing as he decides to each person who produces all these things. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for this time. Thank you, Father, we commit this entire time into your hands. We commit Jobin as well. We commit each one of us into your hands, Lord. Help us to be attentive to your word today and learn from, from your word today, O Lord. Let us feast on your word today, O Lord Jesus. In your most precious name, I ask and tell. Amen. Good morning, church. Last month, we uh, had an introduction to what superpowers actually are. Or if, we have, if I were to use a scriptural language, last month we spoke about spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts. Our text was, if you look into your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 7. And if you remember from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 7, there were three main points that we had looked at. Just for our memory, I just want to restate those three points. We looked at the fact from that context that number one, we were not supposed to be influenced by paganism. Why should you and I, why should born-again believers, why should the church not be influenced by paganism? Because if you look at that verse in that context, the paganism was our former way of life. That is who we once were. That is what we've let go of and we've accepted the Lord Jesus and we live in the newness of life brought to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we must not be influenced by paganism. Not only that, number two, it says we must not be influenced by false teachers. You look at the text there, it is the false teachers who deny the personality of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the false teachers who deny who the Lord Jesus is. If you and I were to be influenced by false teachers, you and I would come to church, you and I would be part of the activities, but you and I, in some way or the other, would deny the personality and the work of the Lord Jesus in all that we do. If you were to notice carefully, in all that we heard this morning in the songs that we sang in the exhortation, if it was not for the Lord Jesus Christ, there was nothing that would allow us this privilege to sit in the presence of God. False teachers deny the Lord Jesus, therefore we must not be influenced by them. But rather, in that context we read, we must be influenced by the work of the Holy Spirit. You and I must be influenced by the work of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit who guides us. Not only that, in the line of what we are talking about, it is the Holy Spirit who lives in us, 
and reveals what your and my spiritual gifts actually are. Therefore, you and I must be influenced by the work of the Holy Spirit. We also saw, brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. We also saw that a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is very important. And it is only those who enjoy a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ enjoys every benefit of that relationship. Let me say that again. It is only those who have a relationship enjoys every benefit of that relationship. One of the benefit is spiritual gifts. Only those who enjoy a personal relationship, only those who ask the Lord Jesus to forgive their sins, only those who have entered into a relationship will enjoy the benefits of that relationship. And one of the benefits of that relationship are spiritual gifts. I hope you had gone through the passage, but as we had studied in the last sermon, the four most important passages in the New Testament, which talks, deals, teaches about spiritual gifts, is Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. That's the easiest way to remember. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4. These verses, these references, in this context, will allow us to understand what are the various gifts given to believers in the New Testament church. And how you and I are supposed to use those gifts. So what I want to do this morning is I want to concentrate on those, on, those, on those verses that are written there. And I want to talk about the attitude that every born-again believer must have when we use our spiritual gift. Let me state that again. I want to talk about the attitude that you and I should have when you and I exhibit our spiritual gift. So that's the question that I have phrased my sermon as. What should be my attitude? When I exhibit my spiritual gifts. So let me put it in a timeline. We looked at the introduction to what spiritual gifts are. We've understood who gets spiritual gifts. Before we discover our spiritual gifts, what kind of attitude should you and I have when you and I exhibit our spiritual gifts? Now listen to me carefully. Often in the Bible, Jesus emphasized on the attitude while focusing on the action. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Yeah, often in the Bible, Jesus emphasized on the attitude while focusing on the action. Or rather, Jesus always wanted the attitude and the action to go together hand in hand. Let me scripturally illustrate that for you. For example, if you were to look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 6, in regards to prayer. How is it that Jesus describes the attitude that should follow the action? But when you pray, is what the scripture says, Matthew 6 verse 6. But when you pray, you must go inside your room and shut the door and then pray to your heavenly father who in secret will reward you for what you've prayed for. But when you pray, go to your room. That is your attitude. Don't stand in front of people and make long, long words. And say things that people might not understood. But the attitude should be that attitude where I don't want anybody else to know what I'm talking to my Heavenly Father. It is just between me and Him. And that attitude allows us to go inside a room. And then the action of prayer is what is pleasing and fitting in the eyes of God. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Yes or no? You know, let me just give you one more example. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, in regards to giving to the poor people, Jesus again goes on to say that when you give, 
you should give in such a way that your left hand does not even know what your right hand is doing. Look at the attitude. In regards to giving, your attitude should not be that I do it in such a way so that everybody knows exactly how much I give. Everybody then will know exactly how much I have. But rather when we give, it should be in such a way, your attitude should be such that your left hand does not know what your right hand is doing. Often Jesus talks about the fact that your, or our attitude must go hand in hand with our action. Let me give you one more example before we go ahead. And this is interesting. If you come to Luke's Gospel chapter 6 and verse 29. You don't have to turn there but I'll tell you that verse. If somebody slaps you on your cheek, on your one cheek. What is the attitude in that verse there? It should be the attitude of? Is that the attitude? No. That's the action. But what's the attitude if somebody slaps you on one cheek or was, as what the word of God says? The attitude when somebody slaps you on one cheek is that you forgive that person. Yes? That you don't hold a grudge against that person. That you don't keep anything in your heart. And that attitude goes hand in hand with your action where you turn the other cheek and you allow the person to strike you there as well. So you see, so many times in the gospel, Jesus himself talks about how born-again believers must have a certain kind of an attitude. And that attitude must always follow the action. If it is just by an action itself, I think a lot of us born-again believers would find ourselves falling and failing in those areas when it comes to using our spiritual gifts. Now, if that is the case, what kind of an attitude should you and I have? And I just want to focus on those verses that I showed to you. Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. And in the context of spiritual gifts, when Apostle Paul and Peter, the great disciple of Christ, when they talk about spiritual gifts, there are certain attitudes that he, or he, they both talk about. Attitudes believers must possess when they exhibit spiritual gifts. So listen to me very carefully as I share these three important attitudes that you and I must have. Number one, you and I must possess the attitude of humility. Can we all just say that loudly? You and I must possess the attitude of humility. When God, discover, when God allows us to discover our spiritual gifts... In your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you've understood your gift, whether you are understanding your gift, whether you and I are exhibiting our gift, whatever it may be, you and I must always exhibit the attitude of humility. So let me just pause and let me just explain that. You remember how the last time when we were talking about spiritual gifts, we also studied that when we are spiritually born, God gives us spiritual gifts. When we are physically born in this world, God gives us something, certain things that are called as talents. Like for example, singing or playing an instrument is not a spiritual gift. It is a talent that God has given to us. So let me ask you all a question. If I am exhibiting my talent, should I also then possess these qualities? Yes or no? Oh yes, I should. It's not just my spiritual gifts, but even if it is my talent, if God has given me the grace to sing well, to play an instrument, probably to entertain people, whatever it may be, if I'm good at doing something, 
then that also falls under this attitude that you and I must possess. You and I must possess the attitude of humility. Turn with me quickly to Romans chapter 12 and see what the word of God says. Romans chapter 12 and verses 3. I'll read that verse for you. In Romans chapter 12, Apostle Paul talks about certain spiritual gifts. But you look at the attitude that he, you and I need to have. Verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Think of yourself not as highly as you actually ought to. Listen to me, brothers and sisters, as I explain this verse that's there on your screen. A transformed life is demonstrated through the exercise of spiritual gift. You and I know that. And a transformed life that exhibits spiritual gifts is seen within the corners and the walls of the church. But when you and I exhibit our spiritual gift, Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 gives us a warning. While exercising those gifts, you and I must exhibit humility. Look at that verse very carefully. Paul says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. He does not exclude anybody. He's not talking only to men. He's not talking only to women. He's not only talking to people in leadership, but to all who are born again in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I say to every one of you, all of us must clothe ourselves with the attitude of humility. Listen to me as I explain this. We must not have a higher view of ourselves. We must not have a greater opinion about ourselves. Or... We must not even have, we should not even try to create a logic in our mind that Calvary Bible Fellowship, that born again believers cannot exist without me. You get what I'm trying to say? That is the thought that should never enter our minds. We should never say that if I am not here, things will not happen. No, because that's when you and I start having a higher opinion about who we actually are. Apostle Paul says that it is a possibility, therefore do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. It's interesting. More highly than you ought to. So, it's okay to give yourself credit. It's okay to pat yourself on the back. But the moment I stand here and I start to feel that I'm invisible, invisible, there's, there's nobody who can do my job better than me, I think then you and I will struggle with pride that is there in our heart. But rather, look at what the verse says. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each and every one of us. Let me explain that verse. Look at that verse carefully. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Don't think great about ourselves. But understand that in accordance with the faith God has distributed. In accordance with the measure of ability that God has distributed. Indirectly what Apostle Paul is trying to say is that all of us have been given an equal measure of ability. You get what I'm trying to say? All of us have been given either one or more than one gift. But whether it is one or more than one gift, all of us have been given an equal measure according to his will. Therefore what you and I need to do is that we must learn to be content with the use of our ability. And, there are, and then we should not look at somebody else, and we should not become jealous. 
And not only that, we should not look at somebody else's ability and say, I'm hopeless in comparison with that person. No. God has placed Star, God has placed Nitin, Thomas Chan, Jason, all of us according to the ability that he has desired for us. And when you and I discover it, we should learn to be content with our ability. It's not that if I don't do it, nobody else gets to do it. It's that there are others ten times better than me. It's always better for me to stand and allow those who are gifted to do their job the way God wants them to do it. We should never become jealous. We should never become proud when we compare each other in regards to the ability that God has given to you, that God has given to me. Just let me give you an example from the Old Testament. This has nothing to do with spiritual gifts because it's a New Testament teaching. But I just wanted to talk to us about Samson. You know, if you read the book of Judges chapter 16, this picture presents that verse in the Bible. And you know, if you read that verse in chapter 16 and verse 20, when Samson was lying on the lap of Delilah, he forgot that his ability came from... Can you feel it? It came from God. When he was sleeping and when she screamed, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The word of God says, he got up and he said, I'll just shake myself off just as I have done before. And he forgot that his ability came from God. And that is what pride does to any person, no matter who that person may be. That is how pride will fill the heart of that person when they begin to forget that their ability comes from God. And therefore, you and I need to clothe ourselves with humility when we exhibit our spiritual gifts. Understanding that if there is anything that I can do, it's only because God gives me the grace and the strength to do it. You agree with me? Yes or no? If there's anything that you can do, if there's anything that we as CBF can do, it's only the grace, that strength that comes from God. And if there's anything that God intends for me not to do, I should be content with it. I should be okay with it. I should come to terms with that reality in my life. I should not become jealous, but learn to encourage one another who I know is better at doing that job because they are gifted to do such things. You know, listen to me carefully as I make this statement. I do not want you to misunderstand what I'm trying to say. Every CBF member exists to serve the church. The church does not exist to serve CBF. You get what I'm trying to say? Calvary Bible Fellowship exists to serve the church. The church does not exist to serve us. You and I are here today, not because the church is here to serve us, but because we are here to serve the church. And the attitude that you and I must clothe ourselves when you and I exhibit our spiritual gifts is the attitude of humility. For all of us who have discovered our spiritual gifts and for all of us who have been exercising our spiritual gifts, can I ask ourselves, myself included, when I preach from God's word, do I speak with humility? Whatever we do in church today, do we do it with humility? Do we do it not understanding that I am far greater than anyone else? But that I stand here simply by the grace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of you who are still exercising, still figuring out your spiritual gifts, can you and I begin to pray, Oh Lord, I pray that anything that I do in church, that I will only do it with a sense of humility that is there in my heart. 
That is what Romans chapter 12 very clearly teaches us. You and I, when we exhibit our spiritual gifts, must exhibit it with an attitude of humility. Number two, and very quickly, you and I must have an attitude of maturity. Not only humility, but you and I must have an attitude of maturity. Interesting picture, right? Because it is always a thin line for you and me as born-again believers to move on from maturity and to start doing things in church that are immature. It becomes very difficult for leaderships to work with believers who are immature. It becomes very difficult for the church to function together. A church that is immature. Therefore, God has given you and me spiritual gifts so that not only we clothe ourselves with humility, but we grow into maturity as we exhibit those gifts. And that's the verse that I want to explain from Ephesians chapter 4. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Another portion in the Bible that talks about spiritual gifts. You look at what the word of God says. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 12 and 13. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 12 and 13. To prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God. I read that line so many times. To the knowledge of the Son of God. That's what the word of God says. And become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, listen to me as I explain this concept of maturity. The purpose of gifted believers is to help the church equip other believers for ministry. The purpose of gifted believers is so that CBF will be equipped to train and help other believers for ministry. You and I are here so that we help each other. Nigel. You are here because you have to help me grow in my ministry in the church. It's not just my responsibility alone. And that goes for the same of all of our sisters. Rina, it's the same for all of us. You and I are here so that we help each other, we equip each other to grow in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is maturity. Because immaturity would be I growing and you decreasing. Immaturity would be I get all the chances in church. And you sit as quiet as you can. Immaturity would be certain people being highlighted and the rest gifted people being quiet. Immaturity can also mean those who are gifted realizing their gifts and willing to do nothing about it. Maturity means you and I learn to use our spiritual gifts so we help each other to get better to do the ministry. Because whether, whether Jesslyn goes to a place or Rebichan goes or Bobin goes or Jochan goes, it's not them. It's Calvary Bible Fellowship that's being presented. Yeah, probably it's just one of us going to some place, but you and I represent the church. And maturity is you and I helping each other to grow. What we are helping each other to grow. Look at that verse. There are three things that we help each other to go. Listen to me carefully. Number one, we help each other to attain maturity, to prepare God's people for the work of service, so that we all reach the unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, brothers and sisters, the more we help each other, listen to me, the more you and I help each other, the more you and I learn to fall in love with each other. 
the more you and i learn to fall in love with each other the more you and i become united let me say that again the more you and i learn to help each other the more we learn to fall in love with each other the more we learn to fall in love with each other the more you and i become united because love is what unites us all can you and i be united if we have a grudge against each other no impossible but when we love one another and when i want to see your goodness when i want to see your gift being used in the church when i want to see you being acknowledged in the church when i learn to love you more you and i become united and our unity and our faith is only in the knowledge of the son of god wow another that's a bold statement if there is any love that we can boast of if there is any unity that calvary bible fellowship can talk of it is not because we have gifted people in the church who are good at 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 at, at social uh, you know being social with each other no the fact that you and i can stay united we can love one another we can be together as a church is because of the knowledge we have in the son of god wow hey brothers and sisters do we realize that we are a church who has the knowledge of whom say it loudly of whom come on guys a little more louder of the son of god when we gather together we worship this son of god when we go out to share the gospel we share the gospel of the son of god in all that we talk of we talk of this knowledge that we have in this son of god and it is the son of god who allows us to become more united secondly it says to grow into maturity to become more mature not only are we becoming united not only does our knowledge in the son of god become more but you and i become more mature that means to change the way we think to change the way we react to change the way we make decisions so that we include only the purpose and the will of god in all that we do that is what maturity actually means to become more mature simply means we change the way we think and we start thinking like how god would think and that is why when we come together to do any activity we come together to do an activity not to talk about whose gifts we can highlight right no we don't do that but when we come together to do any activity we are talking about how can we show christ more how can the gospel be presented and if that requires us to use our gift then we do it that is what maturity actually means look at that verse number 3 not only should we be united in the faith and the knowledge of the son of god not only should we become more mature but you look at that verse to the measure of the fullness of christ you know what brothers and sisters as simple as i can explain it the simplest way that i can explain it when we help each other when we become united when we start to love one another we simply become more christ like you agree with me there's actually no other way i know how to explain this when we help each other when we grow in love with each other when we become more united we become more christ like because that's exactly the attitude of the lord jesus christ i help you because of the fact that i love christ and i want to become more like christ you are able to deal with my shortcomings because of the fact that you love christ and you want to become more like christ 
we become more united and we learn to let go of our ego and our pride our jealousy we learn to let go of everything that will prevent god's name being from glorified simply because we want to be more like christ how many of you would like to be more than more like christ today can you raise your hand we'll put our hands down but that should be our prayer that oh lord not only can you clothe me with humility Lord Jesus it should it is my prayer that as you clothe me with humility and as i exhibit my spiritual gift in the church that i draw one step closer to becoming mature to becoming mature simply means to be christ like to be more like the lord jesus christ so you know even before we go to the third point i want us to pause and think about what we studied so far even before you and i discover what our spiritual gifts are imagine the attitude that you and i need to have imagine the kind of questions we need to ask ourselves if these attitudes are not there probably that's the reason why i don't find joy when i serve the church probably that's the reason why i am filled with frustration probably that's the reason why i am not able to talk to people in church because i cannot clothe myself with humility and i am not progressing on to maturity but when you and i exhibit spiritual gifts number 1 we must think of the attitude of humility number 2 we must think of the attitude of his his maturity not my maturity his maturity and number 3 listen to me carefully we should think about the attitude of god's majesty i couldn't get any other picture on the internet it's not my fault that was the only picture that i could get to talk about god's majesty so we clothe ourselves with humility we think of the maturity of jesus christ and you and i at all points of time must think about god's majesty calvary bible fellowship listen to me carefully as i make my third point thirdly when you and i exhibit spiritual gifts you and i must think of god's great majesty so can you turn to the fourth portion first peter chapter 4 and verses 11 first peter chapter 4 and verses 11 again when when peter talks about spiritual gifts he talks about the attitude that you and i need to have when we clothe ourselves with these spiritual gifts first peter chapter 4 verse 11 if anybody speaks he should do it as sorry verse 11 if anyone speaks he should do it as one speaking the very words of god oh oh sorry verse 11 verse 11 and the last in the second part of it If anyone speaks he should do it as one speaking the very words of God if anyone serves he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and the power forever and ever and the church of God said you know it was interesting that when Jerry stood here this morning and when Jerry expounded the word in relation to worship what did he talk about for all of us who are paying attention what did he talk about he spoke about the glory of that how in all that we do here today it is only because every glory praise honor belongs to whom it belongs to god and god 
alone. It belongs to God and God alone. Brothers and sisters, the praise and credit for all Christian ministry should always be given to Christ. So not only should you and I clothe yourself, ourselves with humility, not only should you and I clothe ourselves with the maturity of Christ, but in all that we do, when we exhibit our spiritual gifts, we think of the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. We think of the fact that God alone, nobody else, God alone, gets the glory in all that we do. You know, in the beginning I spoke about attitude and actions. And I want to state those things again with a couple of verses from the Bible. For example, you look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, can we just read this verse together? It says, let your light so shine before men, come on church, a little more louder, that they may see your good works and they should glorify your father who is in, that your father who is in heaven. God gets the glory. We think of the majesty of God. We only think of giving adoration to God and God alone. Not Calvary Bible Fellowship. Let me give you another verse. This is a beautiful verse. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 17 verses 10. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. We've only done what was our duty. But I don't deserve any praise. I don't deserve any glory. But rather, friends, can I draw your attention to the majesty of who God actually is? Because he is the one who deserves all praise. Come back to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 11, the second part of that verse. So that God may be praised to the Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, if you look at the same, uh, the same book, look at chapter 5 and verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 11. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Peter, not only Peter, but even Apostle Paul so many times talks about the fact that power belongs to Christ. Which means that Jesus Christ is very powerful. Listen to me brothers and sisters for the next few minutes very carefully. Jesus Christ is very powerful. That means when I am a born again believer in the church of God. And when I am struggling in my relationship with him. Jesus is powerful to see me through. When you and I fail in our shortcomings, when people don't get me, when people don't understand, when I battle loneliness, Jesus' power is enough to see me through. When you and I feel lost in such a big community, that's perfectly fine. That's okay. When you and I feel that we don't get, you know, appreciation, Jesus' power is all that is required for us to see us through in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is so powerful because all power belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Listen to me. Now to me personally, the best demonstration of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross of Calvary. The best demonstration of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ was seen on the cross of Calvary. You see, when the story of man began in the Garden of Eden, we see how Adam had committed sin. And as a result of which sin entered into this world. And all of us have been born as sinners. If you know the verse, say it along with me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 that all have 
sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not only that, Romans chapter 6 verse 23 also clearly states that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That means brothers and sisters or friends who are visiting us for the first time or somebody sitting here who's never understood this message before. I want to remind us in the light of God's holy word that you and I were born sinners. We are not sinners because of what we do. We are sinners simply because that is how we were born. And this was how God demonstrated his power through the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to turn to these portions, but Romans chapter 5 verse 8, the the power of Christ is seen, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ He died for us. Christ was the only one who has the power to forgive sins. Christ is the only one who has the power to pay the penalty for that sin by dying on the cross of Calvary. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 to 4 it says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. The power of the Lord Jesus is so powerful enough that it can change the life of any sinner willing to confess their sins and enter into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If there is anybody sitting here who has never asked the Lord Jesus to live in your heart, can I encourage you to take a minute, open your heart and ask the Lord Jesus to come and live inside. There are many brothers and sisters sitting here who have experienced this love that can proclaim to you that when you ask the power of Christ to come inside of you, you will never be the same again. To all of us born-again believers who have, heard, who have heard the word of God in regards to our spiritual gifts, as you and I get excited to exhibit these gifts, as you and I get excited to discover our spiritual gifts, can I ask all of us an important question? What kind of clothes do we wear Recently, what have we been clothing ourselves with? Have we been clothing ourselves with humility? Along with the labeled brands that we buy, could we also buy that brand of humility and start wearing that when we come to church? So when I stand here and preach, when I sing a song, when I stand and exhort, when I visit somebody, even when somebody else stands in the front and talks about me, That pride would never fill my heart, but that I would always humble myself in the sight of a holy God. When you and I exhibit our spiritual gifts, we are doing that because we are to grow into maturity. And how do you and I understand whether we are growing into maturity? Simple. Ask ourselves, how much of Christ have I become recently? And in all that we do, let us always never forget to take a moment and think of the great majesty of God. Because there is no one greater than the Lord Jesus Christ who deserves all the praise, the glory and the honor for anything that I can do as a born again believer in the church of God. Can I ask all of us just for one minute to close your eyes and to bow your head. The only reason I ask you to close your eyes and to bow your head is so that each of us would examine our own lives in the light of what we heard this morning. My dear brother, my dear sister, what about our spiritual walk with the Lord? It doesn't matter how many activities we do in church or how well we are known in church or, or just being in the darkness, just, just staying quiet as we actually are. It doesn't matter as long as we are willing to clothe ourselves with humility. Brothers and sisters, can we pray and ask the Lord to, to
to allow us to become more mature in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be more Christ-like. And in all that we have been doing recently, who's been getting all the glory? Is it Jobin? Or is it the Lord Jesus Christ? If any of us are struggling in any area in regards to what we studied, can we take a few minutes? Can we ask the Lord Jesus to forgive us and strengthen our relationship with Him? If there's any of you sitting here who's hearing this gospel for the very first time or any of you who's heard this gospel but has never responded, can I encourage you to open your heart and ask the Lord Jesus to live inside? If you've realized that you were born, you, that you were born as a sinner and that only Jesus can pay the penalty of your sin, wherever you are, can I request you for one minute to open your heart and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you and to come and live in your heart. The word of God says to those who call upon the Lord, to them he has given them the privilege to be called his holy children. And it is our desire that you would make that decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you take a minute to talk to us after worship is done so that we can pray with you, counsel and help you in your relationship with the Lord. We will pray and close, but before we pray, I would like to give you a few seconds. And whatever is there in your heart, in whatever area you would like to set things right, would you be willing to pray and ask the Lord to set those things right in your life? Hallelujah, we praise the one who died to set us free. We acknowledge the fact that there is nobody else but you worthy to receive our praise and our glory. Father God, because you are above all gods, the king of all kings. We acknowledge. Father, we thank you that all that we do, we can do it through the strength of Christ that flows through our lives. We thank and praise you for that. And Lord, as we begin to exhibit these gifts, we pray that you would remove the cloth of pride, remove the cloth of excuses and clothe our, teach us to clothe ourselves with humility. Teach us to become more mature, to become a little more like you, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, at all points of time, enable us to think of your great majesty. Who else on earth or in heaven deserves our praise. Father, we also acknowledge that today will be the day that you will return and if you are to return, what a joy it will be for us. But for any reason known only to you, if you choose to tarry, enable us to continue to live a life that is worth pleasing to you in the light of all that we've heard. Take all the glory for we ask all of this in the name of our soon coming Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ.